everybody. Welcome to the fifth installment of our Startups of NRF series. Today, Bill Roberts, CEO of Noble Technologies, joins me to talk about intelligent mirrors. We're way past the magic mirror days. His devices are two-way communication platforms that can accomplish a variety of tasks. And yes, there's a metaverse component to this technology. Give it a listen and let us know what you think. Hello, everybody. Welcome to This Week in Innovation. I'm continuing my series, The Startups of NRF. And today I have CEO Bill Roberts of Noble. Hi, Bill. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jeff. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. Fantastic. Hey, can you introduce yourself and your company and kind of and unpack the problem that you're solving? Certainly can. Bill Roberts, the CEO. Our company is Noble Technologies, Inc. We're a Canadian company located in Calgary, Alberta. We've coming on to 10 years old. Real solution here is the ability to blend bricks and mortar with digital. And how do we engage the, the client? How do we make that experience different? So we are trying to work to reinvent the experience that the shopper meets, as well as in our hospitality sector, our home sector, and medical services. But today, let's focus on the retail sector. So can you uh, describe how your technology works? Certainly. The technology is integration of um, full-size mirror, roughly about the size of a door. You walk up to the mirror and then in there is a, a journey that is designed by the client or this in case the store. What is it they want that user, their client that's coming in to buy jeans, a dress, coat, a purse? What does the journey look like and how can they make that journey engaging? How can they make the journey so they have greater access to, to more selection as well as the ability to interact both on a social aspect and on from a payment aspect. So our version of um, an omni-channel is the ability for an individual to walk up and start a journey that says, I'm looking for a shirt that looks like this, and I can actually see an endless aisle, as we may refer to it as, which is really the the um, retailer's online selection, as well as their in-store selection, so they can have it, um, the access to what's there today and then they can walk out with or what they can arrange to have delivered to their house. From that side of it, we also close into the component of the omni-channel of the social side, which is really a marketing component, which allows the user and the retailer to integrate to various social channels, such as Facebook, uh, Instagram. And then from there, we also take it into the payment component. So as a user walks up to the mirror, they can actually take a picture of themselves if they wish, and they can search the look. They say, oh, I'm wearing a blue shirt. Oh, I'd like more blue shirts. So then there's a selection out there and that system can go out in both online and in store and pull up a variety of blue shirts, one with collars, long sleeves, pockets, no pockets, short snaps, buttons, a variety, and therefore increase the selection which the shopper gets to see without actually having to do any of that going through the uh, clothes and the articles that are sitting on the shelf. In addition to that, we also offer the ability to stand in front of the mirror and do a pirouette. What we do is generate an avatar, and the avatar is lifelike. It is not um, what you might see on some of the VR, like Oculus. This is, and it looks just like you. What we also do is pull 245 data points of measurements off you. So the tighter the clothes, the more accurate the measurement. And so there you can actually try clothes on your avatar. So you can stand there and you can try clothes on and you can pivot yourself around and you can see, oh, maybe the coat's too long, it's too short, it's too broad, it's too, no, it's too tight. So the shopper has the opportunity to have a different experience. The ability to, for the retailer to be able to offer more selection without having to increase both their footprint and also their inventory. 
Wow. So that avatar, that's a new wrinkle for me. I've been around, I don't know if you like the term or not, magic mirrors, what we used to call <laughs> Sure. That's what, the, that's what the original, the early guys were talking about. And it was a very cool idea. I've seen some rollouts, but the, the avatar piece is really fascinating. So you're, as part of your solution, you're actually doing the, the body measurements and then you're creating an avatar. And my just, uh, my last pod, we talked about the metaverse. I guess, is there a metaverse play there if you're creating an avatar? There is. So last Friday was when we released our avatar and we completed our technology on the avatar. So there is, you can actually go online and you can take a look at it and you can, you can also see the lifelike similarities to the avatar, to the individual. So we have one of our people that is standing right in front of their avatar, which is on one of our mirrors. So that you get a sense of how closely the replication is. So yes, and now our focus is really trying to get the design industry or the garment industry to move to 3D assets. So all apparel in a 3D form versus where you would take the design, someone comes up with a design of a shirt or a pair of pants or a dress and they take it over to the, the pattern maker, they cut it out and then they go out and replicate it. We need um, to make this a much more fulfilling component this in a 3D asset. And I, this takes me back to, this will date me for sure. But in the first part of the 80s, when engineering and architecture went from actually scale rulers and very fine pencils to CAD. So we need to, so there was an industry shift. And I, in one of the technologies I was involved in very early in, was around how to make that shift there. And that is a very similar shift to where I would say that the industry is in today. We're certainly looking to help that. But we have an ESG component to this that we'll roll out once we get more assets. And that is, how do I get the accuracy? So how do I get that? So when that shirt comes to me, is the medium from Walmart and the medium from Boss, are they identical? Are they going to both fit me? They're not. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll guarantee you they're not. Anyway, so the idea would be is that if you're bringing that to your house, if you're shipping it, you're doing the e-commerce, which is a growing component. But if you're still doing that or having it shipped to your house, you want to make sure it fits because there's a disappointment factor. But then you have to repackage it up. Then the truck has to come and get it. So the closer the accuracy we can get, the better the selection, the better overall economics of it is for both the retailer and for the buyer. Um, and there's an ESG plate here. So we're, we're reducing the amount of times the truck has to travel back and forth. Packaging is, doesn't get thrown out and have to go get some more packaging. So what we're saying there is that experience. So we're driven by how do we increase that experience and reinvent how you interact with that. And part of that is us moving to the um, change room. So you'll see in the fitting rooms, we don't utilize mirror cameras in those, but we utilize very similar aspects of how to call for additional clothing. How do I try additional clothing? How can I see a greater selection? And really we're platform-based heading to an ecosystem so that when we go to a retail, like Puma is one of our uh, clients where we're doing a deployment right now, they choose two different types of recommendation engines. And so we just accommodate the recommendation engines. We're not trying to tell the retailer, oh, you have to use our stuff. It, what are you using? Maybe you're not using something that's flexible. Maybe we need to build something else. So we have a number of different applications we built ourselves, but we built ourselves a platform as we have with Visa. So we're working with Visa on tap to pay and now looking at the next generation of payment authentication, which is facial recognition. Yeah, that's really interesting. I hadn't really thought of the ESG side of that, but I, I just can't imagine how much is involved in just the returns process. I've never seen it calculated, but it's got to be, I'm knowing what my own personal amount of returns are. I can't imagine <laughs> times 200 million people. It's, that's got to be a massive number. And so if you, if you take a cut out of that, that's obviously cost savings, but it's also resource savings too. That's a neat wrinkle to this whole thing. It is. And the individuals at Gap have stated that 47% of apparel bought online, if you said 200 million people bought 200 million shirts and returned 
100 or sorry, uh, 98 million. 47%. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Where does this technology sit? I would, I mean, maybe digital signage. What category do you want to, do you want to put this in? I wouldn't say digital signage and it's fully interactive, uh, a blend of AR, VR. And the idea behind all of this is increasing the experience, but adding convenience, adding selection, cutting the timing, cutting waste, reducing footprint. Maybe you have, you're have you a home business that makes really great shirts, but you can't get out to the marketplace. You could do a pop-up shop. You could have our mirror pop it there and plug it in to power and Ethernet. We do wireless as well, but prefer Ethernet. And then you have a full selection and you can complete the transaction. You can complete the selection. You can complete the social media component. If you wanted to walk up to a mirror and take a picture of yourself, we have we call it stickers, but it's branding. So then individuals can put branding on there and they can actually take clothes, pictures of clothes and place them on their body and send that to their friends throughout Instagram. The supply, the retailer can utilize that as a marketing tool. They can put it through. So if they use a company like Pixly as a curator that and follows an editing protocol that a company may have that says this picture is acceptable as long as it hits this and this and this, post it on our Instagram. So if you think of the aspect of the touches, the visuals, and how to drive that branding side, it really does complete a marketing component. You're going to probably like this word even less than <laughs> digital violence, <laughs> but kiosk? Where, help me out as an analyst. Where do you want to sit? You do want to be in. You do want to be in some kind of a bucket so we can survey and market forecast and do all the fun things analysts do. Sure. Uh, well, let's create. Can we create a new bucket? I, I really prefer, <laughs> yeah, I prefer a new one. That's always, could. See, that's always the fun debate. That's always the fun <laughs> debate because here's the, so you absolutely can. And by the way, virtually every startup I ever talked to always wants to create new categories. And I'll give the standard answer. Now, you you might actually qualify, but most people want to differentiate from their competitors and then create a new bucket. And the problem is, is the analyst world is always years behind the startup world. So if we don't have a bucket, sometimes we don't do anything with interesting, sure. which is always a challenge with startups, which is why I'm so fascinated by the space. It's kiosk sounds old and clunky. The ability to, to execute a transaction that, that takes you out of digital signage, that takes you in. And then the, the whole AR, VR thing, it's almost like a metaverse technology in some regards. So yeah, what bucket would you want to create? Intelligent mirror solutions. Okay. The reason I say that, mirrors have been out there and mirrors continue to be out there. Yeah. One thing different about a kiosk and a mirror Pure and simple. Power goes down, you got this black screen. Power goes down on the mirror, you got a mirror. <laughs> okay. So it's reflected, it can still do something. It can still reflect an image. And as we know, people like seeing themselves in mirrors. Maybe not me, but, but a lot you of people. You and I do. both. I don't need to see myself in a mirror. <laughs> with you. That's our idea. That I like. I'll make it like 20 pounds lighter and, and 10 years younger, and we'll be good. <laughs> we'll work on some of that metric, sorry. <laughs> Be like a dial. I think we should have this dial on there. But anyway, so the answer to that is that I would really say that mirrors have been around, but it's really how do we make the mirror intelligent? And the idea really behind the camera of this is that it's a usable medium that you can put in hospitality, uh, which is one of the areas we're deployed in, as well as retail. But you, a mirror, you can go to retail is natural because you, yeah. you know, when I try a jack on, you go for a new suit coat. Okay, what do I look like? So you go find the mirror and you look at yourself in the mirror. I would just say that it's a blend. And I we really think that the blend of digital to bricks and mortar, because we're still social animals and we still like to go out there. We still like to see things. We still like to, to do things. And more so, maybe not myself, I'm not a big shopper, um, but we certainly have an age where there's more shoppers that like to, where the mall scenario was, let's go back three years ago. Um, you know, 
all the kids would go off to the mall on Saturdays and they'd look in all the stores and try the different stuff on. And it was a social event. So how do we create that as well? So part of this is social media has that uh, augmented to some degree that interaction of social events. We put that back in there. So the young girl, young guy can put on a suit and they can take a picture of themselves in the mirror in front of the mirror. They can shoot it out and say, hey, do I look good in this? What do you think? And, and then the retailer has the ability to say, depending on how they brand that and how they like it set up, because we customize it for the individual, for the different uh, brands that we're developing with. We're with Asda over in Europe. Uh, we're over with um, BFL over in, we just deployed out in um, Dubai, throughout the US and Canada, Asia. So we're around the world. We've just, um, when we find that there's greater and greater needs for it, but we're providing, so the focus on this is really solution-oriented. Not so much that it's a fancy, fun thing, not much like an arcade that is great. Uh, we don't want a lot of gamification with it because that has a tendency to have a life cycle or a shelf life to it. So somebody goes, oh, that was fun, but I really didn't achieve anything. If I'm around it next month or two, maybe I'll stop in versus if I want to go there. Yeah. I want to do more with that. I want a greater selection. And by the way, it fit me. Yeah, that's the bigger thing. You said you have deployments around the world. Do you have anything in the U.S. that's public that you can name that I can sure. swing by and get yeah. my avatar 10 pounds or 20 pounds lighter and 10 pounds younger. Uh, are you, where are you located? I'm in Silicon Valley. Okay. LA is probably the closest one. We're just deployed to Puma's off in LA. We're deploying to the Puma locations where we've deployed to the Puma flagship in New York. We've sent it into Walmart working with their innovation center, Kohl's innovation center. So I'd say that our generation three, which we actually completed and commercialized in June of this year, 21, is the one we're rolling out now. So we're rolling out to Puma and Orlando, um, Jersey, a couple of other states as well. So yeah, we, we're doing with Allied Down and Feather out of San Diego as well. We're deploying with them over in Japan right now. And So I'll be back at NRF next month. Puma, where's the store at? Is that uh, Soho or? It's on, I'm going to say it's their flagship store. It's on Madison Avenue, I believe. Oh, Sorry, okay. I haven't been there. Our guys have been there. But if you're at NRF, we'll have uh, three of the mirrors there. So oh, we'll fan- be there. Fantastic. And we'll be showing the avatar we'll be trying on some uh, about a selection of uh, 3d assets we have integrations with different uh, other providers so you'll see there's two or three different individual companies that are utilizing our product but we'll be there as well we're working with styletics out of uh, new york as well styletics is a recommendation engine that puma uses so the recommendation engine it helps those that, like myself that are not really good at coordinating colors and patterns so you'll be able to get a chance to see that see the avatar very cool. Make your own avatar and you can download it and take it home with you. I, I, you, you made a sale. At least you made a visit for sure. That's the best <laughs> That's the best plug I've heard. I don't need any more swag, but I need a nice tight avatar for this whole metaverse thing that I'm going to get drugged into. What's the application hospitality? And I think you also said health services or what was your... Mm-hmm. Home and health uh, or medical services. Okay. So hospitality. So we were in Vegas uh, two weeks ago on December 1st with and meeting with Caesars. And we have an agreement with Caesars on their development and their innovation center. We're doing an in-room and lobby mirror. So the in-room has really a guest experience and we can shoot you and you can see the visual. We have a video of it. Oh, I'd love to get a sense of how that looks. And then uh, operationally as well. So it has the aspects of they can go in there. Operational individuals can open up and put their code in, open aspects of the mirror that also address operational things. Maybe it's a non-smoking room. We have a sensor that lets people know that, by the way, you shouldn't be smoking in this room because we're gonna you're going to get a $5,000 cleaning fee or something along those lines. We have equipment down. But from the operational standpoint, an individual can go in there and it'll say, welcome, Jeff, to Caesars. And please, what can I get you? And you can go through and scroll through the menu. You can 
call for make your reservations you can pay for your own tickets uh, there's you can call for housekeeping you can see what's in what's playing in all of the, uh, the locations by date or or by date or by in particular in this case you can search and narrow that down to a particular show that you want to see at the lobby side it's really about informational so we have actually created a on the lower portion of the mirror a coloring area for kids and it is we, in the month of August, we're, we have it in the Four Seasons in Whistler, uh, Vancouver, Canada. Uh, there was 4,800 uh, pictures colored by kids and emailed out to probably grandparents, aunts, uncles from the mirror. So uh, what it does is it also engages the child down there while someone is looking for booking tickets or I want a bike trip, I want to go helicopter skiing, whatever it is. I want to find a restaurant. What's the restaurant selection? Is anybody have a, is a restaurant uh, deals on today? And there's a number of different ways we can utilize that. One of the ones we're doing now is when you check in, you can actually do uh, utilize the dollhouse effect, which is a 3D version on the uh, sitting on the smaller mirror right beside the desk. And you can maybe look through the rooms. Maybe I'd like that really nice big room. I didn't realize they have that. I'll take that one. So again, it's an upsell. It gives the client, or in this case, the visitor in the hospitality sector, the greater access to a different selection. So literally anywhere where a customer engages in any kind of a process. So basically you're, you ultimately could be in, in every vertical on the planet. Anywhere where there's a customer and a, and a, and a desk is mm-hmm. a place where you, wow, okay. So yeah, you're what, three generations behind, ahead of the, or beyond the, the magic mirror day because you're engaging in two-way, two-way commerce. Correct. Wow, very interesting. They, Medical services today is focused on physiotherapy and chiropractic because we do skeletal tracking. Wow. So, yeah, so you can do that at home where you maybe as a physiotherapist where you'd have 10 uh, physiotherapy beds and 10 therapists. You'd probably have three therapists and 10 mirrors and get a much more accurate. So if you had shoulder surgery and now they're trying to measure this with this little plastic protractor that says, oh, yeah, you're another two degrees better. We can be within them. About four to five percent of what the actual is from the last time you're there. Plus, it logs it all. And plus, when you go home, you can actually measure yourself there as well if you have one of our home units. My wife's going through that right now. She literally just got back from some kind of a therapy where they're measuring her the movement of her shoulder. And so I know exactly mm-hmm. that drill. That's amazing. That's fantastic. You already probably went through it, but what's your message for NRF? Our message for NRF is really to have the retailers look at a different solution for providing an experience and uh, greater convenience for their client base, as well as the ability to cut down possibly on some area, some physical area, as well as shipping components, um, as well as actually increasing their bottom line revenue. We did um, a very long program with uh, PVH, which is Tommy Hilfinger out of Amsterdam. So one of our developers actually spent two months over there. What we actually found out after comparing a standard fitting room and to a new mirror program is they came up with a third party that actually surveyed that and said there was a 47% increase in basket size. But we're, we're very comfortable saying that we can do 14 to 16% increase on basket size. So what would I tell the retailers is just that we have a solution that uh, not only increases experience and brand loyalty and loyalty back to, but also increases the basket size but it delivers a message that's always consistent. They can control the message that they want that person to see and where that person, where they want that person to go. And we have some really interesting aspects of how we're going to try to utilize uh, uh, facial recognition to likes of individuals. And that'll come out in the next if, a little while, but it really will provide the, the retailer a different experience for their client. And the ability to tie all of that together into a, at least, because as you would know, there's, there's multiple versions or definitions of omni-channel. So okay. we are a version of it. So. Fascinating. 
Hey, um, for the last couple of questions, I have a bunch of students I interact with. I'm on the board of uh, advisors for Georgia Mason University, and this I get this question all the time, so I'm throwing it back to, to executives. What advice would you give for a budding entrepreneur? Don't forget your business basics. I'm in the Entrepreneurs Organization, and I um, was the chairman uh, for the Accelerator Group, which is basically young companies up and coming. And one of the things we put together was really a platform of education for just those uh, those budding entrepreneurs and really what could they do better. And it's really about building the foundation of strong business basics. Accounting may be boring. It is, uh, except for accountants. <clears throat> but solid understanding of that, solid business plan. So I would say building a good foundation and don't get yourself a little bit too farther ahead of what you get caught up in. And remember to keep practicality and pragmatism as part of your emotional excitement. What what skills do you use now that you wish you would have paid more attention to when you're backing people skills and under and really learning a bit more about understanding the complexity of around everyone that has that and their personalities and trying to be able to read that better. I'm not sure I could pick that up then. Maybe it's just after being around the having so many different businesses and being around business for so long. But I would certainly say understanding that aspect of, of people. I, I, in all of our businesses that I've been in and owned, and I've been across different sectors, I still find that people are the foundation to making it successful, as it is in Noble. Our, our young, um, aspiring programmers, I learn from them on a regular basis, so I'm hoping they can learn some things from me. But so there's lots of aspects on that. That's, that's some, some great advice. Thanks for your time today. How can people get in touch with you? you can get a hold of me at... Bill at noble.ca. So that's B-I-L at noble, N-O-B-A-L dot C. Well, Bill, thanks for the time today. You definitely have a, a analyst visit to, just to get the avatar, if nothing else. And it sounds like you really have some your hand on some really interesting evolutions in, in, in what you, we used to call the magic mirror. I'll retire that now just, just because of this covers. I'll no longer say that. This is the last time I'll ever say the word magic mirror. Thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Jeff. Look forward to seeing you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. For more info, refer to the pod notes below. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating and review. It really helps us grow. I'm your host, Jeff Roster, analyst at large. If you want to connect, follow us on Twitter at JeffPR or at Brian Sathanation, or connect with us on LinkedIn. Visit my website at roster.retail.com or brians at iterate.ai. Until next time, stay safe and have a great week.